We started a series last week called The Journey. And a journey is getting from one place to another, and we're all on journeys. And one of the things that I, I talked to you about last week is the fact that we're going to talk about our journey of faith, and faith is a journey. And in this journey of faith, one of the things we need to totally comprehend and understand is that no two journeys are the same. That's actually something that stops us a lot from our walk with God is the fact that we are trying to mimic somebody else's journey, but the journey that you are walking on to get to where God has for you is going to look a little different than someone else, and that's okay as long as you're walking in God's plan for your life. See, if you're trying to walk in God's plan for my life and your life, you're going to be frustrated. If I try to walk in your, of God's plan in your life, I might be frustrated. I have to walk in the plan that God has for me to walk into. And we're in this journey of faith. And I told you what faith is. According to the dictionary, faith is complete trust in someone or something. Complete trust in someone or something. And we can look at it this way. Who or what we trust is who or what we have faith in. And what did Jesus tell us? Put your faith, put your trust in God. Some of us have a misplaced trust, misplaced faith. We have it in a person other than God. We have it on our spouse. We have it on our kids. We have it on our workplace. We have it on our bank account. We have it on the doctor. We have it on the medical report. We have it on all these different things. And God's here saying, hey, put your trust on me. I can handle it for you. Put your trust. Deposit that trust in me. Trust in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, I want to tell you something. Our faith journey can be rough. Our faith journey can be tough. It can be hard. It can be tough. There's this misconception. Oh, when I come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. That's a misconception. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us in John 16, 33, that there was going to be tribulations. The verse is going to, if you can pop it up, John 16, 33, write that reference. Learn what this says. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, trial, circumstance, problem, right? But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I have beaten it. I've taken over it. And so what is the truth? Our journey of faith may have hardship. It may have trial. It may have circumstance. But we will get through it because Jesus has overcome it. I mean, you can find throughout all of Scripture rough, tough journeys for people. Can you think about the journey of Noah? He's there, he's minding his own business. The Bible says there's no one righteous like him on all the face of the earth at that moment. All of earth is like horrible. They're behaving bad. They're wicked. There's all these things taking place. And God's like going to destroy everybody. I'm starting fresh. And he tells Noah... Go build a boat. And at that point, Noah's like, a boat? What's a boat? And God had to tell him what a boat was. 
Give them the definition. Give them the thing to build it. It had never rained. It, it was a new thing. He's like, build it out of this wood. Add pitch to it. Cover it. Build the thing. And I, I need you to remember something. How tough and how rough it must have been for him to chop down the trees, to, to file it down, to build it. There was no DeWalt power tools. There was no Lowe's. There was no Home Depot. There was no John Abel. There was no none of these things to bring you the wood. Can I have an order of plywood, please? It wasn't there. It was a rough and tough. It took them hundreds of years. You think about Joseph. Which Joseph? The one in the book of Genesis. The one that God gives a vision to, a dream to. Two of them to be precise. The one that is so hated by his brothers because of jealousy that they get him and they throw him in a pit. This is Genesis 39. And after they throw him in a pit, instead of killing him, one of them says, hey, let's make a profit. Let's sell him. So they sell him off. And he then is sold from that person to another person. And he's a slave in Potiphar's house. And he's there. And then he's falsely accused of attempted rape. And he's thrown into prison. In the prison, he is forgotten. He is forgotten to the side. Through all of that, he was able to maintain his faith in God. And actually, at the end of his life, he's able to look at his brothers and say, you all meant this for evil. You meant this to destroy me. You meant this for bad, but God has turned it for good. So I ask this question, what is it that you do? What do I do when the journey's rough? What do you do when the journey's tough? What do you do when the journey looks like we're not going to be make it to the other side? Do we just give up and quit? Do, do, do we like walk up and everyone's like, no, 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 this is just way too hard. Forget it. I, I, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. What do we do when the journey's tough, when the journey's rough? Because many times what we want to do is quit. It's what we see in the children of Israel when they're in the wilderness. I, I think this for a second. They're, they're there. They were slaves in Egypt. 400 years they've been slaves in Egypt. And they begin to pray. And they begin to cry out. And God hears them and sends the deliverance through a man named Moses. They are exiled. They get to leave Egypt. But God doesn't send them the short route through the way of the Philistines because there was going to be war that way. And they said, no, 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 they're going to have to go a different way. See, they thought that the way of the wilderness was very rough and tough, and God actually spared them from war. <laughs> Might have been even tougher on the other side. But what happens, even though they see God open the Red Sea, even though they have manna coming down from heaven, even though they have water coming out from the rock, even though the waters that were bitter were made fresh to be able to drink, all that they could focus on is what they used to have in Egypt. Oh, in Egypt, we had the garlic, and we had the leeks, and we had the fish, and we had the bread, and we had the this, and we had the that. They were only thinking, so what did they want to do? They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to quit and go back to slavery. They wanted to quit and go back to the place that they were. But I'm here to tell you this morning, we cannot quit when it's rough. We cannot quit when it's tough. We must have enduring faith in the moments where it's tough. Enduring faith. Enduring faith. What does it mean to endure? The word endure, when you look it up, it means to remain. To remain in existence. To last. Think about the word endure Unfortunately, there's a many a business that we're not able to endure throughout the pandemic. They were not able to remain. 
or last throughout this trial, throughout this problem. And we look and we say, like, like I remember even in the first housing market, the, the realtor that, that helped us when we purchased our house in 2011, I, I had worked with that realtor in the past. And, and I told Patty, hey, I'm going to call this person. We're, we're looking at this. She said, well, you know what? They were able to remain a full-time realtor throughout a housing recession. They must be good at what they do. Right? We, especially in Miami, we, I mean, you, 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 you flip a coin and you find realtors. Like They're everywhere. And many can have a real estate license. The question is, which are the ones that even through a pandemic or through a recession or through a thing can still make their living off of that, right? They can endure. Or when it gets tough, do you quit on it? My wife had her real estate license at one point in time. There was only one thing. She doesn't like selling stuff. <laughs> she can study whatever and pass whatever test. She's brilliant that way. But she doesn't like selling. So hey, guess what? Ain't going to work. Ain't going to happen. And so what is an enduring? Enduring means to remain in existence, to last. And our faith can endure and it can last. It all depends on what are we going to do when things are tough and rough, when things are difficult. How are we going to respond at the moment? How do we respond? So I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Last week we started a little bit in Hebrews 11, and I'm going to actually read a portion of Hebrews 11 in a minute, but chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the author, the originator, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I want to I take a minute here to teach you on something separate than what I'm talking about, and is when it says surrounded by such a great, great cloud of witnesses. I talked about the common misconception. When you come to Jesus, everything's going to be fine. There is a floating misconception that when somebody dies, we say things like, heaven gained another angel. They got their wings. And sometimes people say, look, we're surrounded by witnesses. That's not what this is talking about. The people in heaven don't watch over you. When your father or your mother passed away, they do not become your guardian angel. That is not scriptural. Okay? Person who has a relationship with Jesus, they pass away, they go to heaven. When it's talking here, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses it is that their life and the way that they lived a life of faith is a witness to trust in God and how he will work in you. It's not that they are a witness testifying as far as like watching and speaking, but their life was a testimony. And you see it. And I think it's important for us to understand that because sometimes we don't understand what we're partnering with with things that we say. 
Oh, I can feel my grandmother. She was watching over me. So I, that's why we were able to overcome and do it. No, you did not. And when we partner with that, sometimes we open doors for demonic. It's very important to understand that. The heavenly realm is real, and so is the demonic attacks. So we must be wise in that and understand the difference. Now, let's get back to the journey of faith. We can talk a little bit more offline if everybody wants to talk a little deeper on it, okay? But let's get back to the journey of faith. What does the scripture tell us there? Let's read it one more time. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Number one, enduring faith lays aside the weight. Lays aside the weight. It says the weight that so easily entangles us. Some translation says ensnares us. In many of us, that weight could be a sin, a sin, something that we fall into that is weighing us down. Sometimes it's not something that is a sin, but it's something that occupies our time and time that we should be devoting to God and our walk with God. We do it in this, right? Like, is it wrong to, 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 to play video games? No, but if you play video games seven hours a day and you talk to God negative 38 seconds, there's a problem. It wasn't something I was doing that was sinful, but it took up all my time and I didn't devote any time to God. That is a weight that ensnares. You know, as a matter of fact, Lot's wife was weighed down and ensnared by looking back at what she was losing in Sodom and in Gomorrah. And what happened? She wasn't able to make it to the place of freedom that God had for her. We need to lay aside the weight. Some of us, we're, we're carrying burdens, we're carrying weights that we're not meant to be carrying, and it's why we're having a hard time getting to the place we're supposed to. We need to lay aside the weight. Enduring faith lays aside the weight. Here's the next thing that we see. Enduring faith keeps moving. Enduring faith keeps moving. It says, let us run with endurance the race. Run with endurance the race. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep moving. Let's go back to the children of Israel. Numbers chapter 33. If you go there for one minute, leave a marker because we're going to come back to, to Hebrews. But go to Numbers chapter 33. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just want to read a few verses because I want to show you something here. Numbers chapter 33 it says, these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. Look at verse 3. They departed from Ramses. It says that on the first month, the 15th day, the day after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with boldness, right? Then it says in verse number five, the children of Israel moved from Ramses and capped at Succoth. Verse six, they went from Succoth and capped at Etham. Verse seven, from Etham they weren't to Pi Harareth. And the entire chapter is telling the, how the children of Israel, to get through the wilderness that was rough and tough, they had to stop and start moving again. Start moving again. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. I may be in a season of a moment of pause, but it's time to get back up and start moving in the journey of faith. It's time to get back up and get to the place that God has for us. It's time to get back up and move and move and move and stop being stagnant. 
Stop being in that place where we used to be. So allowing, oh God, allowing those ruts and the circumstances and how hard it looks to stop us from getting to the place where God wants us to be. So number one, enduring faith lays aside weights. But man, enduring faith keeps moving. It keeps moving. It keeps moving. And then verse number two of Hebrews chapter 12, if you go back to it, what does it say? Looking on to Jesus. Looking on to Jesus. What does looking mean? It's it's to look away from other things. Look away and, and give undivided attention to something. It says give your undivided attention to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So number three, enduring faith keeps its eyes on Jesus. Keeps eyes on Jesus. Right? Have you, you've read the story in Matthew when the disciples are on a boat and Jesus, they're in the middle of a storm, rough seas, the Bible describes it, and Jesus is passing by them on water. They all think it's a ghost. They're freaking out. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, command that I walk on water with you. And Jesus, like very, very profound, very, very elaborate, looks at him and says, come. Peter puts one foot out of the boat, puts another foot out of the boat, and starts to walk to Jesus. But then the Bible says that when he began to look at the waves and the wind, it was rough ocean. They were all freaking out. What happened? He began to sink. And at that moment, he cried back out, Jesus! And Jesus picked him up and started walking back to the boat with them. And they went back inside the boat. And then Jesus says to Peter, Oh, you of little faith. Mm. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. You of little faith is not little faith. It was wavering faith. He looks at Peter and says, your faith didn't endure because you took your eyes off of me. Your faith didn't last or remain and you started to sink because your eyes shifted from me to the storm. Your eyes shifted from me to the rough terrain. Your eyes shifted from me to the circumstance you're in. And you started to fall. You started to falter, but you called on me and let's get back up. Enduring faith keeps eyes on Jesus. As a matter of fact, Moses, who led the children of Israel, if you're still there in Hebrews, go to chapter 11 now. Chapter 11, it talks about Moses. Look what Moses, it says, yeah, where'd it go? Sorry, I'm on the wrong page. That's why I couldn't find it. 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. They were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. What did Moses do? He lay aside the weight. He laid aside the weight for what? Esteeming the reproach of Christ 
greater riches, the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Enduring faith lays aside weights. It's part of, Lord, what is it in my life I need to let go of? What do I need to let go of, God? What what is keeping me from walking with you? What is keeping me from doing exactly what you want me to do? Lord, help me lay that aside. Lord, help me just to keep on one more step. One more step. Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. When we started the series last week, I I was telling you it was all about faith, and we were going to talk about different journeys. And on our trip in March... We had all these different experiences and journeys. I I mentioned to you that picture there, that's Kualua Ranch, but there's the most iconic place in all of Oahu, I would think, is Diamond Head. If you've ever watched any TV show that shows Hawaii, any movie that shows Hawaii, Diamond Head always is one of the, the places that's there, is one of the most recognized landmarks. But it's a rough journey. It's not easy. It's not an easy journey. When we went five years ago, Patty was like six months pregnant. Alexandra was like three years old. They couldn't make the hike. It was just me and Abigail. This time we said, we're going to make it. We're doing it. So we got to lay aside the weights. And, you know, my children... I feel like they are always ready for any of those like party games. What do you find in somebody's purse? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like Alexandra is walking around with like a first aid kit that a doctor would be proud of. <laughs> Abigail wants to carry around with like, oh, but I might need this. And I, you know, I might need a highlighter in the middle of the trail. No, I don't think you will, but okay, right? So I'm like, leave those things in the car. Lay aside the weights, right? Like, and everybody's like, oh, but we have to have our waters. And it's like, it's going to slow you down. I'll carry the weight for you. So I had the backpack on with all the water bottles. And I had all the different things on it. I had the GoPro. It was like, are you guys, we're, we're doing this. We're starting our walk. And, 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 and so we, we're, we're starting our trail. And we start on, 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 on the incline of the paved trail. And I don't realize that I'm leaving my family behind. And I'm like, come on, catch up. But I've got this amazing, beautiful four-year-old at the time who gets tired every 12 and a half steps. So at one point, I'm like, that's it. Just give her to me. So I throw her on my shoulders. And I'm starting, I got the backpack, I've got pictures of this, we, we got the backpack on, and, and I got Samantha on, and, and, and Patty's like, well, I'll help you, honey, give me the GoPro. Let me take that weight off of you. So Patty's little backpack, she attaches the GoPro. And that's where we have videos. And I'm like getting again further away from them. And I follow a sudden, I I turn around like this. And I'm like, are y'all coming? And, and, And she gets to me and she says, honey, does this only do video or does it get sound too? I'm like, it has sound. She says, all it's gonna hear is my huffing and puffing. 
We joke about it. That night at the hotel, I was like, let me see if it's there. And I put it in there. And, and you, you, we're walking. And she's like, how's he walking with Samantha on his shoulders? And you're like, oh, we're but we got there. I'm not showing the video, no. Can I tell you, you know, some of the weights I had to lay aside, you know, some of the things I had to push away was me trying to walk at the pace of other people. Me understanding that just because some people were zooming by me didn't mean I wasn't on the right track. Oh, God. Me understanding that even though I could have been going faster, I wasn't doing it on my own because me and my family were doing it together. Understanding that the pace that we needed to get there was a pace that God gave for us. And I didn't need to look at the pace of others. As a matter of fact, I couldn't also be excited at the people that I was passing even with Samantha on my shoulders. Because they were walking their pace. I also needed my wife to remind me, we need to take a breather so the girls can drink some water. We need to stop for a moment. And in the moments where we're like, but this is rough and it's tough, do we just start walking back down the mountain? I would look at her and say, no, 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 no. The view will be worth it. The view will be worth it. And let me tell you, the journey you're going in today, it may be rough. There may be a patch in your marriage right now, a situation with your children, a situation with your health, with your finances. I don't know what you're going through in your faith journey, but I know that as you walk through it, as you lay aside the weights, as you start to walk and you say one step, two step, three steps forward, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will get to the place that he ordained for you. You will get to the place and you cannot compare your journey to the journey of someone else. Walk your faith journey. Walk where God's leading you. God, where, where God is taking you. And I'll tell you that when you get to the view, it will be worth it. When you get to the top and you look at God's creation and you look at what God has done and not only what God created in those oceans, but the wisdom that he gave architects to design those buildings, the wisdom that he gave designers to decorate them, the wisdom that he gave people. When you see God's hand in the journey, when you see God's hand in the place where you arrive, you will be encouraged and reminded of everything you endured before. And when another journey comes that's rough and tough, you are reminded of what you endured of the victory that you're at and you're able to again keep on walking keep on going go forward go forward go forward as a matter of fact sorry Ralph I didn't give you this verse but go to chapter 10 of Hebrews look at what it says in verse 32 recall the former days in which after you were illuminated you endured a struggle with suffering Partly while you were made a spectacle by both, by both reproachers and tribulations. And partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Knowing that you have a better and an enduring lasting possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore do not cast away your confidence which is, has a great reward. For you have need of 
of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I lay aside the weight. You know what happens when you don't lay aside the weight? You know what happens when you don't keep walking? You know what happens when you take your eyes off of Jesus? You become the generation that left Egypt that died in the wilderness, even though their kids made it into the promised land. Don't be that generation. Don't be the generation that dies in the wilderness that was supposed to take you to the promised land. Look today and say, I'm going to lay aside the weight. Look today and say, I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on moving. And I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus and keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my redeemer. He's my deliverer. He's my restorer. He's my peace. He's my banner. He's my vindicator. He's my defender. He is my everything. And no matter the trial... No matter the circumstance, we look and say, my journey of faith in Christ will get me to the other side. When someone looks and says, no, no, but come to my pace. No, 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 no. You run your race. I'm running my race. When somebody says, but why? That guy, like, how, how could, no, 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 no. I'm running my race. I, I might take me a little longer, but guess what? I'm still going to make it there before others. The key is we're going to make it. Oh, man, I'm so I'm reminded now as, as we're going through, there are so many different lookout points on that trail, so many places that are beautiful. And then what I would tell my wife was like, we'll stop at them on the way down. Wait till you get to the top. Because sometimes we get just so distracted by another good view on the trail and on the journey that we miss out on the amazing one. And I'm here to tell you this morning, do not be discouraged. And if you walked in today, or if you're tuning in online or listening it to right now, and you came in saying, I'm done with this faith journey. It's too hard. I can't make it. I'm here to tell you this morning, yes, you can. Not on your strength, not on your ability. It's by putting the weights on him. When you talk about the pace, Jesus said, be yoked to me. He knows how to give you the right pace. And so this morning, worship team, if you can come to the altar, please. I encourage you and I remind you. Put aside the weight. Put aside the weight. I encourage you and I remind you this morning. Keep walking. Keep moving. And I encourage you and remind you this morning. Put your eyes on Jesus. Those three things will give you an enduring faith on this journey that we're all walking on. Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, we worship you, God. And Father, we acknowledge that at moments, this journey is hard and it's rough and it's tough. And Father, at times, we want to throw in the towel. We want to quit. 
But Lord, this morning we make an active decision to lay aside, cast to the side the weights. We make an active decision, God, this morning that we're going to keep moving towards the goal. We're going to keep moving and pressing on towards you. Father, we make the active decision to keep our eyes on you. Father, we thank you for the view. And we thank you, Father, for no matter how hard it was to get there, the promised land will be worth it. Father, I thank you for the work you're doing in every person that is here under the sound of my voice and everybody who's hearing it through a broadcast online. Father, I thank you for the work. And we glorify you. We exalt you. For you are worth it. In Jesus' name. As we worship God for a couple of minutes, I actually want you to ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me things in my life that are weights that I need to let go of. Father, reveal to me things that I need to lay aside. Things that distract me from keeping my eyes on you. And as the Lord shows you, just talk to him about it. Repent and declare you're putting your eyes on him.